Podcasting from Hartford, you're listening to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast, your place for all things Connecticut sports. And here is your host, Jared Cutler. On today's episode, we're talking with State Senator Derek Slapp. Senator Slapp spearheaded the bill in the state legislature around name, image, and likeness for college athletes. We talk about the makeup of the legislation, the benefit college athletes will see, and more. And now to my conversation with State Senator Derek Slapp. How did this whole issue of name, image, and likeness, you know, come come to you and, and become an issue that, that you wanted to champion here in the legislature? Um, well, I I was reading a lot about you know the the battle in, in other states, and Senator Murphy has done some good work at the national level, you know, pushing this. Um, you know, th- this has been around this topic for a couple of decades. You know, the basketball player. At, um, at O'Bannon at UCLA, yeah. right. And, and the video games and, you know, that kind of revenue. So that's been an issue. And then I think there was a renewed focus and interest among some people because of, you know, this term equity that we've been talking a lot about, right. In the last year or so in that, you know, mm-hmm. you have, you know, uh, disproportionately, uh, you know, st- uh, student athletes of color, making billions of dollars for the NCAA and, and, you know, aside from scholarship, uh, um, you know, aside from that, not real, not being able to financially benefit from it. Um, and very few of the student athletes go on to play professionally, you know, and it's really hard to, to get a great education too. When you are a student athlete, it's just, you know, very demanding. So I think, that's one of the reasons that it's become a higher profile issue. And then it just takes time for issues to mature and kind of percolate. And so, um, you know, we've been, I introduced the bill a couple of years ago and I had resistance from some folks that said, well, let's wait and see what Congress does, or, well, let's wait and see what the NCAA does because we don't want this kind of patchwork of different laws all across the country in different states. And I think what we've learned over the past two years is that Congress is not anywhere close to acting on it. And the NCAA keeps, you know, kind of head faking folks and people think, well, okay, maybe they'll do something and then they uh, decline. And so, you know, those two things have also helped create kind of a sense of urgency and more and more states are taking action. So that really, those three things kind of created this, this perfect storm. And then we, we know that the NCAA is meeting uh, next week and it's very possible that they might defer to the state laws, state existing laws. And if we didn't have any, we would be at a real disadvantage and our student athletes would be at a disadvantage. So that was the, the final piece that really created a sense of urgency this session. Yeah. In, in terms of this issue, I, I know you talked about introducing a, a bill a couple of years ago. How did, how does the legislation uh, that, that's now been passed by the legislature, how has that changed from when you initially, uh, you know, submitted that bill to, to where it is today? Or is, or is it pretty similar to, to what you'd initially come up with? Um, it's, it's similar. There are some significant changes. <clears throat> One is that, UConn had been, um, a year or so ago, had been advocating for um, there to be a provision in the bill where a first-year student could not benefit from their name, image, and likeness. They were pushing that because they were concerned that a um, 
incoming student athlete to let's say UConn, right? They, they did not want the name, image, and likeness uh, issue to be in any way entangled with recruitment, right? So they thought once the the student athlete arrives on campus and they spend time building a name for him or herself, then you know, in the second starting the second year, they could um, you know a benefit that provision is not included in in the bill that we passed um in part because no other state is doing it so we would uh put ourselves at a real disadvantage and the student athletes at a disadvantage and then also with the transfer laws that have been or rules i should say that have been loosened up within the nca right now um kids can be transferring student athletes can be transferring um more easily in part i think because of you know, the, the pandemic. So it also didn't make sense. So that was one of the, um, that was one of the big changes is that you don't have to wait a year. Um, we do have a reporting requirement in there that, uh, the contract needs to be, uh, you know, uh, reported to and a copy given to the university so they can make sure that, you know, it's in compliance. Um, so that's, that's good. Um, and and they, we also have given them some flexibility to amend their policies um, up until September 1 so they can wait and see what the NCAA does and then align their policies with the NCAA because we don't want them to be in violation. But there's some standards, some kind of benchmarks that they do have to hit in terms of you know, uh, allowing the student athletes to benefit from from name, image, and likeness. So th- those are some of the the bigger differences, the biggest differences. I know you mentioned, you know, how, how you kind of at first did not want first year students to be able to to benefit from this. What was it like working with the the schools and universities here in the state? Uh, were they all pretty much supportive of this piece of legislation? You know, as as time went on and we got closer to getting it passed. Yeah, I mean, I have to give UConn actually a lot of credit because when we first started talking to them about the bill, and this is a couple of years ago, and it, at that point it was more of a, um, uh, you know, the, well, the the topic wasn't as um, widely had been as widely right. discussed, you know, as it is now. It wasn't as mature, let's say, the issue. And, but they still, um, you know, we, we, most of our conversations were with the, with the athletic director and he got it right away in terms of the issue of fairness and, um, you know, and, and so he, I mean, he representing UConn talked about that there should be guardrails. We, ter- we heard that term a lot, guardrails, um, you know, and so that was fine. Like, but, but he was not like, put it this way, like he in UConn was, they were there from the beginning in terms of we get it it makes sense to do something you know and the system needs to be more fair for our student athletes so well, we did not have to convince them of that it was just really of the specifics and the particulars and then the other um schools and colleges you know we work not cl- as closely with because i think uconn has c- kind of the most to lose right if we don't do something um but uh, we worked with the, you know, association that represents independent schools and colleges, and that's most of the other D1 schools. I think Central is D1 in basketball, so they, um, but they didn't have a lot, honestly, to, you know, to say in terms of, um, 
you know, having issues with the with the legislation. Is it is this only f- for Division One schools, or, or could this apply down the line to you know, say St. Joe's, or if University of Hartford ends up making that move to Division Three? No, it could apply to provi- it could apply to any. It's just okay. most likely that you're going to have the D one athletes, and also you got to remember that the the um, eligibility or loss of eligibility would, when it comes to D one, they're the only ones who offer athletic scholarships, and so that's so it's most applicable to D1. It makes sense there. Yeah. In, in terms of what will be available to athletes through this legislation, um, you know, I know you, you talked about, you know, having until September 1st to kind of put some some policies in place and, and line it up, you know, should the NCAA act. But, you know, once this thing is good to go, to take us through what, what is available to athletes now. Will they be able to, you know, go work with an agent, for instance, uh, on endorsement deals? What is, it, what is that process like, and what does it open them up to now? Yeah, so, one, having having us pass the bill now, um, we know that the our schools and colleges will not be at a competitive disadvantage when they're recruiting, and we know that <clears throat> it's going to be less likely that, a student athlete at one of our universities uh, would transfer because they would be, if they didn't, they would be missing out on opportunities here. So that's why it was important to do it. Really what, for the most part, this bill does is um, just stipulates that the student athlete should be treated like any other student on campus when it comes to benefiting from their name, image, and likeness. And, and I think, uh, a lot of times folks think that it, this is just applicable for, you know, the quarterback of the football team or the star point guard or whatever, but it's actually far, um, you know, more uh, pervasive than that, far more reaching. And, and I mean, I can give you some examples. Like right now you could have, uh, let's say a tennis player for, um, you know, varsity tennis player, right. And they could not go back home in the summer and open a tennis camp right and use their name image and likeness you know and and get money from that tennis camp right or let's say that same tennis player let's say they were also a very skilled um singer they could not even do an out al- make an album and sell the album it would have nothing to do with their sport and they still couldn't do that so like it's just you know compare that to anybody else on uh, college campus. If you do whatever go to you UConn want, yeah. And, yeah, you do whatever you want, right? I mean, if you want to produce an album, if you're a singer at, um, in the music department at UConn and you want to do an album or you want to, you know, endorse products, whatever on social media, cause you have a huge following, you could do that. You don't lose your academic, you have a scholarship or something. Um, so, you know, that's what it opens up, right. To, to our student athletes. Now, you know, they don't have quite the same freedoms. I mean, all of them, there are some pieces of the bill that, you know, stipulate, well, you know, if the, if the university has a contract with, you know, uh, Nike or something, you know, there's some limits on what they can do with like a, it doesn't mean they can't have an endorsement deal with Adidas, but I think it means like, well, you know, you can't use the Jersey, that kind of thing. Okay. The the Yukon Jersey. Yeah. Um, and, and in a, in like an official, if you're in an official university function or, or, you know, representing the university in some capacity, then you wouldn't be able to, um, 
you know, at that point, you know, the, the university has a contract that says that their players are going to wear Nike, you know, during practices or something or during right games like that's that contracts is still, you know, um, valid and, and would mean that they couldn't do it then. But but other, otherwise they would be able to. So, um, yeah, it's just kind of, you know, leveling the playing field, I think. Definitely. I, I know. You know, as we talked about earlier, you know, this has been uh, an issue that's kind of evolved over the past couple of years. In terms of, of getting it passed this year, would you say it was easier to get passed than when you had initially brought it up? Was there, was there less opposition this time as more and more information on this issue has come out and as just developments in general around it have come to light? Much less opposition, yes. Um like the sense of urgency was uh, helped a lot. Um, we had strong bipartisan support. And, um, you know, it really helps when you have, uh, you know, Gino Oriema calling up legislative leaders saying, guys, if you don't pass this, we could lose page. <laughs> you know, like that, that does a lot. I mean, I, I didn't have that a couple of years ago. I mean, I think, again, they were supportive of concept, but, you know, when you put it like that, um, here's somebody, and I have no idea whether Paige was interested in transferring or not. It was just kind of a, a you know, and I don't know specifically if, if he said that, but it was brought up to us that here's somebody who has an immense social media following and could monetize that in other states that um, have schools that are in the Big East. Right. So like it are competitors, you know, and I think no legislator wanted that on, on their, <laughs> <laughs> their record that they, you know, failed to act and we lost a uh, page. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, it's exciting to, to see this in place. And I, and I think it's going to be interesting. Uh, everyone will be on the lookout for their favorite uh, college athletes around the state, uh, being able to use their name, image and likeness out there. It's, it's going to be exciting to see. So I, I really appreciate you taking the time to come on today and, and give us an update on this. Uh, I, I think is a, a nice way to end this uh, session for you guys in, in the legislature. Yeah, no, thank you. I appreciate your interest in it. And I love the fact that we're in Connecticut, a place where uh, our female athletes um, are just as likely to be able to benefit from this as our male athletes. I think that's very cool. Thanks for listening to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast with Jared Cutler. If you like the show and want to know more, check out the podcast on Twitter at CT Scoreboard Pod, the host at Jared Kotler, and find us on Facebook at the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast. Finally, if you enjoy what you're listening to, rate and review us on iTunes. Thanks again for listening.